Welcome back to Me and the Geek, uh, a weekly geekly conversation with a different geek to bring you a peek into their geeky world. Uh, We've got a great conversation lined up for you this week, but first I want to remind you uh, that you can check back every Thursday morning for a new episode here. You can subscribe on iTunes, on Stitcher, uh, on SoundCloud or YouTube, pretty much anywhere where you find podcasts, you can find Me and the Geek. You can also find us online at meandthegeekpod.com with uh, links for more great stuff there as well. This week's Geek is Brant Cooley. He's known as Professor Shy Guy. He's a chiptunes musician and a great rock star in general. Uh, he's also a buddy of mine. Uh, he was the theme song creator for uh, the first podcast that I ever did, and uh, I'm lucky to have him on uh, for this episode. We're going to talk about his musical back. These fingers crossed paprika burgers. Big day today. Jamie gets his exam results. I hope he's done okay. He's worked so hard. So I'm making my paprika burgers for when he gets home. They were lucky last time. I add red onion and paprika to the mince. Then I top with jalapenos. Well? Make your own burgers with our Tesco finest Aberdeen Angus beef. Food Love Stories, brought to you by Tesco ground a little bit, the Professor Shy Guy character and uh, project in specific, and then also he's going to tell us a little bit about chiptunes and nerdcore music, which is um, something that I've been interested in for a long time, but I think a lot of people sort of don't understand and maybe are afraid to ask. That's what this show is for. So uh, sit back and relax. Uh, after the episode, I'm going to have uh, some information on how you can feed back to us, but right now just enjoy this week's Me and the Geek. This week on Me and the Geek, it's uh, Professor Shy Guy. Some might know him as Brant Cooley. That's how I met him first. And he was a pretty cool guy back then. But then he got his doctorate in, uh, well, I don't, I'm not sure what professor has his doctorate in. Uh, welcome to the show, sir. How are you doing? <laughs> doing well. Uh, wait, is there cursing? You can curse. Here's what I will probably... My doctorate's in BS. <laughs> Your doctorate's in BS. There Literally. you go. So, but how are you, sir? How are you doing? Uh, doing well. Just keeping busy. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely, man. It's it's all about stacking projects. Yeah. So uh, first of all, let's introduce the audience, although I'm imagining a lot of folks don't know about me, but they know about you, and, and they might be listening to the show for the first time. But for those that uh, have never heard of Professor Shy Guy, who the heck are you? Where Where is this uh, moniker from? Well, I basically, the origin of, of this project is I had a band, and we weren't nerdy, we were just a band. But trying to play shows with a band is tricky because there's uh, four of us or five of us and traveling and schedules and blah, blah, blah. It becomes expensive and hard to manage. So I wanted to start a solo thing that was just me because I want to play music all the time everywhere. And I started and I failed and I hated it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the first time I did it, I, I hated it. It just I wasn't used. I didn't want to make it like the band. And I've been making like rock type music all my life. Uh, and the band was that. And I tried this pop thing. You know, trying to make a Shy Guy, it was just called Shy Guy, and I, and I failed. I was a failure. And I stopped for a year, and then I brought it back with a chiptune thing to make the story short. And the chiptune thing made me love it and comfortable, and now I have a lot of fun. Do you think that it was the, and, and we're going to go back a little bit further and, and get into your musical history in general, but do you think that it was the the limitation of the palette of chiptunes and and we're going to I'm going to get you to define chiptunes in a minute but do you think it was the limitation of the palette that that made you excited about the project 
Not at first, but I know exactly what you mean because later it did. Like, because when I first started doing it, it wasn't with a Game Boy. It was cheating. It was fake bit or whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. But I was I was composing the same way that I've always composed. But whenever a f- like a, a guy saw me playing, I was playing in Nashville in a yard, basically next to a hot dog stand that my roommate worked at. Uh, <laughs> this is the glamorous showbiz, folks. <laughs> it really is. Uh, some guy saw me. Really liked my music, gave me his old Game Boy that was outfitted to perform with, like the LSDJ cartridge, which you put in a Game Boy to make the music. And like he just gave it to me because he didn't he wasn't using it, and that was the best part of the like one major step of growth. So it would it would like sometimes when I'm composing something and it's I can't get it to sound chip tuny enough because I have too much palette to work with, I, I I will literally go to a Game Boy and recompose the whole thing in the Game Boy just to make sure that it stays simple enough, I guess. Yeah, it's it's you you understand what I'm saying. Yes, no, that it, it, because you boil the idea down. Yeah. Like even musically, that's that's like I want to get to the core of the thing that I'm trying to say and like strip the other parts of it away. Yeah. And just get to get to the expression. I I find a lot that the further I box myself in before I start a project creatively, the the more excited I am about the project and the broader it ends up becoming because of the channel through which I sort yeah. of shove it, you know? Yeah. It's more, fo- you can focus harder on the things that matter rather than trying to make a bigger, broader, uglier thing. Yeah. 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 Sometimes the blank page is scary. Yes. So like if you start, <laughs> you start drawing a square, then you're like, well, I can fill up that square, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so let's define for those that don't know, let's really get to the, to the butts and uh, no, bolts and nuts, <laughs> so to speak, or I guess it should be the blips and bloops. Bleeps. Um, yeah, let's define chiptune. Um, chiptune is it's at the heart of it. It's uh, uh, made with like a, a chip, like from a from a Game Boy, for example. Like you put the LSD cartridge into it, and you literally use it to make sounds that only the Game Boy can make. Of course, the Game Boy can't make sounds it can't make, but it has a very very limited uh, chip to work with. So, like chiptune comes from like taking a Game Boy, taking an NES, taking an Atari. Uh, people like hacking all kinds of things and make them make the sounds and compose the music that they make or sing the music that they compose. So yeah, it comes down to really that. I do a lot of fake bit is what it's called. I do a, a mix. So I'll use a Game Boy to make some things and I'll use like Reason or FL Studio to make other things. So before the chip tunes, let's talk about uh, where Brant Cooley came from, musically speaking. When did when did you when did you take up the guitar? I'm assuming it's probably your first yeah, guitar. Well, no, piano came first, but I just didn't focus on it as hard because girls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay. So growing up, listening to like my parents' music because that's what you all—that's all you have uh, as a kid. But I remember meeting my friend Jared. Okay, well, well, my my dad listened to a lot of Michael Bolton and stuff like that. My mom listened to a lot of old R and B, which is funny because now things have swapped. Where me and my dad listen to a lot of similar music, and I don't listen to country, and that's all my mom listens to now. So she went from stuff that I, I grew. Luckily, I grew up around her old R and B stuff, and now I just hate everything she listens to. <laughs> <laughs> You're like your taste has, uh, has uh, turned bland in your old yeah. age. And my dad likes my music, so we get along on our taste. Ha ha, that's vain. So I remember meeting my friend Jared and listening to like MC Hammer and all that stuff, and then he showed me Guar because he had an older brother that listened to things and. Guar was like the first rock band that I ever listened to. I remember him putting in the CD 
and the song Meat Sandwich came on, and it's really weird, but it was, you know, like nothing I'd never heard. And then um, a different friend of mine, his his older sister's boyfriend, we were riding in his car, and he put on Primus, and Jerry was a race car driver, came on. And that song was also like nothing I'd ever heard, ever, and blew my mind, and I loved it. So I really liked, like, weird, heavy music uh, for most of my youth. Uh, the weirder it was, the better, uh, usually. And then I, like, got onto, like, Pantera. Like, my brother showed me Pantera and, uh, Sepultura and Korn, because that was a thing at the time. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's a lot of bands growing up that I'm embarrassed to say I listen to now. Or say that I listen to then that I'm embarrassed to say now. But, like, Tool was another one. Tool was another one, actually, was, when I first heard it, I was like, he's singing pretty and it's heavy music and I don't like it. Like, my brother was like, buy this album, and I bought it, and I returned it to Walmart, because I bought it at Walmart, which is weird. <laughs> uh, and it was like, instead of the artwork, it was just a barcode, because they couldn't show the artwork, because it was dirty. <laughs> but like a week later, I was like, I really, really, really want that CD back, so I went and bought it again. Uh, and then getting to college, like, really expanded my music taste. Uh, Here in, like, Benfold 5, and like, Hearing a lot of Stevie Wonder, like finding a lot of Stevie Wonder and uh, all these things and getting to say like uh, growing up, it's always like, I don't like country and rap because that was the thing to say when you were little. Uh, But getting to like rap and hip hop and stuff like that, not particularly country. Well, but even there, like finding the the pieces of the art form or that genre that you can appreciate or understand at least why other people do like it. Like you yeah. eventually you find your country song and you're like, well, it's same for me, but this one's a pretty good one. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, there's a song breakdown here by um, what's her name? Uh, Julie Roberts, not Julia Roberts. But the worst stage name ever, Julie Roberts. Isn't that a terrible? Uh, and you know, it's not her actual so name. You're like, what yeah, are you doing? Uh, uh, th- yeah, and then like, there are bands that I like, like Protest the Hero. I really like is this really heavy band, and they're kind of in the genre of bands that I don't particularly like. But every genre has its band or at least a song <laughs> that's pretty great. Yeah. So, uh, so when did you pick up the guitar? You said you started with with piano, but but dropped. Oh, yeah, you yeah. didn't just didn't stick with it. I was the same way. I, I, my father wanted me to do piano lessons and I was just like, I can't carry this anywhere and play this for anybody. You yeah. know, like this isn't helpful to me in any way. Yeah. I could be the idiot in high school running around singing really stupid songs, chasing people with a guitar. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't do that with a keyboard unless it was a keytar. <laughs> which uh, is, which was which not cool. Amazing. Well, it wasn't no, cool by the time we were, we were in high school or yeah. No, it's cool now. And it, uh, it was cool before <laughs> we were in high school. I picked up the guitar around 18, probably. I think it was around 17, 18. My brother's roommate had a guitar, and I played with it the wrong way, like on my lap, playing it, not knowing how to work it. But uh, I found out, uh, like I figured out that... The little lullaby song. Like I figured that out on guitar, just because I learned everything by ear. And I was like, I want a guitar! So I got a guitar for that, you know, that Christmas. And then kind of took off from there. That's pretty cool. So what was what was your first band? First band, I think the name, like there was co- like we, me and my friends would play covers and stuff like that. But like the first band where I was like, I want to write songs and stuff was called Static Farm. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a band name for a high school kid. <laughs> that is a great band name for a high school kid. <laughs> uh, so so what was the first project that you felt like? 
okay, this is a thing that Mike could could go somewhere and actually this is this is I'm grown up stuff now. I'm I'm working now as an artist. What was the first one that you feel like this is something that I'm going to look back on and that's my start as a professional musician? Yeah. Um it was just it was whenever I got to college and was going by like Brant Cooley, like just my name because I you know, was just playing acoustic with me myself and I. But like I I remember just walking into coffee shops and just being like, I want to play here. Want me to play you a song? <laughs> <laughs> and I would play them a song and then they would let me play. Like I would go back and play and make flyers and stuff like that and just fly her up uh, campus. And and that goes back to what where we started the conversation, just starting to hustle it, man. Uh, so, so as you're hustling, that's where the Professor Shy Guy uh, idea comes from you're too busy or you want to be more busy than the other people that you collaborate with can't afford to be or have time to be and so you end up with a project on your own that's where this podcast came from man I do a show already uh, and yeah. and I can't get together with my host on you know more than once a week or so and I'm like I want to talk more often than that so so I'll just do one by myself and I'll call people <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a lot of work, but it's so worth it. Like, it's so... Well, I mean, A, you can work all the time and do whatever you need to do. B, it all goes to you. So, like, I can make a... I'm making a living as, you know, this as Professor Shotgun. I'm, like, making a living playing music. I don't have to wait tables or anything like that. I'm just making music. And it's because it's by myself and, and you know, the profit margin is high. Because I don't have to split it or anything. Well, let's talk about one of those gigs that you got upcoming. One of the reasons why we wanted to have you on the show at this time. You're going to be at PAX East. Uh, actually, yeah. this show is going to air on March 5th. So you're going to be there this weekend. Yeah. Um, PAX East is awesome, man. I went there last year and did a similar thing where I just played the jam space. Uh, and that's what I'm doing this year. But I'm playing also like party with a bunch of streamers and then an after party on Monday with uh, MC Front A Lot and Freeze Pop. And the world is square. So conventions like this are something that you've done a lot in the past couple of years. Is this something that you've done before Professor Shy Guy started? Or is it? did it just f sort of fit what you're doing with the music? Well, with the other band, we weren't exactly a steampunk band. And we didn't know what steampunk was when we started dressing up the way we did. But we found out that you know we were dressing up like steampunk and there were these conventions. So we started playing these conventions, which weren't my favorite conventions. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, some of them were awesome, but most of them were odd. Just not, it's not as similar. They're not similar people to, to me. They're awesome people, but they don't share a lot of interests. Yeah, there's a reason uh, you weren't yeah. going to those conventions anyway as, as attendees. Correct. Yes. Yeah. But I was like, I want to make a living out of going to conventions and, you know, of course, conventions that I'd rather go to. And, like, there's a lot of anime conventions I play, and I'm not big on anime, but, like, they have other stuff there, and, you know, at least more interesting than... Uh, they're more likely to have game stuff there than they are at a, a steampunk convention. Yeah, yeah, there's, but not there's a lot also of, these... There's not a lot of steampunk Ataris, I would imagine. Mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny, because steampunk music is so electronic and gothy and weird, uh, generally. My other band wasn't, but, you know, uh, we were crazy, like, a, or we were sort of... Circusy rock and heavy stuff, but yeah, uh, I, can, I just wanted to make a living at conventions because I was like, I get to go to the convention, uh, and attend the convention and play at the convention, and that means I get to go to the convention. For, I get to pay. I get paid to go to conventions, which is pretty awesome. 
And now it's starting to expand. Anytime you can take the thing that you love, the thing that you would actually fork out money to do, given, you know, a perfect set of circumstances, and you can turn that around and make that part of your job. I think that's absolutely the thing that everybody wants to do, right? Yeah. That's why there's porn industry so big. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, precisely. That's it. Let's talk about um, this convention in particular. Uh, what was last year's experience for you like? Why was it so great that, that you wanted to come back? Everything outside of the walls was a nightmare. Uh, parking, <laughs> parking in Boston is the worst thing. It's the worst. It's the worst thing. Uh, <laughs> but once I you know, got all my gear in and stuff... Um, the jam space, I played at like 2 p.m. on Friday when everybody's still checking in and nobody's settled and nobody's doing anything. And it's still an awesome show because there's just so many people there. Plus, the jam space is like that building is the convention center is huge and it's probably like five blocks from anything else you have to walk to get to the jam space. So you A, have to know it exists and B, have to figure out how to get there. I asked so many people trying to find it myself and nobody knew. And it was still a pretty. Like a decent amount of people there, you know, like 40 or 50 people in that jam space room. And then I sold a lot of merch for just being tucked away. People that hadn't heard me would buy my uh, discography jump drive things, which are like 50 bucks. Like multiple people that had never heard me just bought them. It was, PAX is insane. PAX is insane. Uh, but even then, as an attendee, it's amazing. I, now, I'm going to give you some credit, and somebody that doesn't know you that's listening to this, they might be like, what, what, why would they pay $50 for your discography if they've never heard uh, of you? Uh, are you talking about, you're talking about the discographies that are on the NES carts, right? No, not, I didn't have those then. They no, were, I was going to say, okay, so man, that, yeah, those I, I, you're going to kill with those. Yeah, uh, I ordered, like, the damn Chinese New Year has delayed a lot of my USB drive, like, parts. <laughs> So I'm only going to have like 16 to sell at PAX, and I think I'm going to sell out, which is awesome, which is going to be crazy if I do. Uh, so speaking of, before we get any further, is is PAX the kind of thing that will be sold out ahead of time, or can we give people a, a link or some information that they can follow if they're listening to this sort of last minute and want to show up? I think it's sold out. Okay, I think okay that's whole, cool. Like the, PAX usually sells out except for PAX South. Uh, are you going to be playing anywhere outside of the convention that weekend? Yeah. Well, on Monday, I'm playing in Cambridge, uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Uh, with, uh, like I said earlier, uh, Front of Lot, Freeze Pop, and World of Square. It's going to be at 7 at a Middle East restaurant and nightclub. Nice. All right. <laughs> All right. So before we get you out of here, uh, I do want to talk about one more thing. You know, I, I talk every week on me and uh, me and the geek pod dot com to a different geek, a different expert in their own little world of geekdom. And with you, I wanted to help uh, or to get you help explain to me and to whoever might be listening. Nerdcore. So uh, Nerdcore, it started as like a a term for nerdy hip hop. Like it was a hip hop thing. It was, I think it was coined by MC front a lot. Uh, he was the first to use it. The guy I'm playing with, uh, Monday after PAX. Uh, he's like the guy, like him and MC Chris are like the guys for like nerdy music. And then MC Chris didn't want to call himself nerdcore for a long time. He was a, he was an angry little man. Uh, but he seems to have calmed down him. I don't know. I, I, I know, uh, Damien a little bit, not very well front a lot. Um, Either way, uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of awesome that I'm playing with him. It's kind of cathartic because like he he like whenever I wanted to find out 
like what I wanted to do for my solo act and I was like, I know nerdy stuff. I can, you know, make a whole act out of nerdy stuff because I have plenty of that knowledge. I haven't written into songs. But uh, he was like the guy that I, I put it on. I was like, nerdy hip hop. This is going to be silly. And I put on the CD. And I was like, oh, this is actually super good. Like it was surprising. Like I was surprised that it was not like a parody thing. It was somebody that was rapping about nerdy stuff that wasn't trying to be a joke. I, I think a lot of hip hop fans would be would not be surprised at that because if you look at some of the best in more mainstream hip hop over the last, especially over the last decade or so, um, even before the rise of nerdcore rap, there was a lot of this going on in mainstream hip hop. You've got you know heavy hitters in the rap genre that are themselves pretty big geeks and are making these you know references to Nintendo and Sega Genesis games. Uh, those go all the way back to the beginnings of, of gangster rap. You know, I mean, Ice Cube and Dr. Dre would drop the occasional Sega Genesis reference. Yeah. And like Black Alicious is like not nerdy music, but he has like, you know, the alphabet song and like they do things like there are people that are outside of that genre that are doing things that are intelligent. That could yes. be, that could just as easily fit in nerdcore like type music. And there's, it's like, it's at a weird it's at a point now where it's kind of growing up in a way where it, it doesn't want to be so much in the box because like there's different kind of hip hop that you can all put in the same box and nerdcore isn't one of those that people want to put in that same box as normal hip hop. But there are a lot of guys that are like making that crossover and they're doing it like really well because the stuff they're already making doesn't sound like a you know how like Christian rock sounds like Christian rock. Yes, <laughs> it sound it has a its own weird thing that's kind of the thing with nerdcore nerdcore has a sound but there are guys that don't have that particular sound i think is that band um mute math are they christian or something like that i uh, i think they I think, I think the members are christian but they're not on yeah, one yeah. of the christian labels kind of deal and therefore yeah. they're not really considered a christian act it's like you know i mean Katy perry is Paramore, in, in a lot yes yes or creed you know was oh yes. yeah creed too yeah so i mean there, there's there's that kind of thing where there's a lot of guys that are those type of people like a uh, megaran he was doing non-nerdy stuff before as random and now he's like mega ran was kind of became his nerdy thing uh and he's kind of make he's kind of straddling the line as well it's funny because like i was whenever i was working on this album three that i'm working on like i was all day today working on it it was a thing where i don't want to write things that are specifically nerdy on this album i still have my like singles and stuff offshoots that are specifically nerdy songs if i want to write about like the last lee legend song i did that uh on the album though it's going to be about being a nerd, but not specifically nerdy things. And then Mega Ran's doing the same thing. He just made, like, he's making his new album, which isn't, like, specifically nerdy. You know, like, he did his, he had a album that was all Final Fantasy beats and an album that was all uh, uh, Mega Man beats. And uh, Dr. Awkward's another guy that's doing stuff like that that's really good and kind of making that crossover where he wants to be accepted by the nerdy community, but it doesn't have to be expressively nerdy all the time. Well, it's just like it's it, Brandon goes back to what we talked about when we first started the show, the idea of putting yourself creatively in a box so yeah. that so that you can like hone the art form and then grow out of the box. Like exactly that. So as a matter of fact, I think that's actually a, probably a pretty good place that we could put a bow on it. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, that that's, that kind of sort of sums it up. So before we let you go, though, uh, remind everybody or tell everybody if they if they don't know you or didn't know you before this episode where they can find you online and, and keep up with uh, all the different places Professor Shy Guy goes. Facebook.com slash Professor Shy Guy or Twitter.com slash Professor Shy Guy are always good places. 
uh, just to find updates and just silly stuff or samples that I'm working on and stuff like that. And then like Bandcamp, I'm sorry, professorshyguy.bandcamp.com is the place to go to hear the music or buy it if you want to buy it. I mean, you can get it on Spotify or GrooveShark or iTunes or any of that stuff, but Bandcamp's usually the easiest. Uh, and what's the, the what's the last album that you had out? And then to, I want you to tell us a little bit about the the forthcoming album. Tease people a little bit. The the one that they can buy today though is the most recent. Um, the most recent is a cover album. Uh, it's called History One One. I did. I have two cover albums that are the most recent because like I did the R and B side of things that are everything that I love that makes Professor Shy Guy, and then the other album was everything else like all like the. Uh, there's a Tool cover on there, and like Tori Amos and Bjork and uh, the Bird and the Bee, and and all these, all these random things, uh, and a lot of collaborations with people from like Ashley Birch, and like Molly Lewis and the Double Clicks, and I Fight Dragons and Amanda Laprie and stuff like that. Like it was just a big fun cover collaboration craziness. As far as the upcoming album, the plan is to release it June first. Hopefully I can make that deadline that I set for myself, but it's my own shit, so I can change it if I want to. <laughs> there you go. But it's going to be like a, a – um, it's sort of about the, the cycle of bullying, and in my experience, it's the nerdy community. It, it works in – it's sort of any sub subculture where you separate yourself from being outcasts, and then within that own – like within your own subculture, you create outcasts like – you. You get bullied, so you make your own subculture, and then you start bullying other people in your subculture when you went there to escape from that kind of thing, and it's a stupid cycle. Yes, oh, but I I was listening to I was listening to a podcast talking about the the movie Real Genius the other day, and they were pointing out uh, the fact that even in this community of of where it's nothing but nerds, effectively, okay, these are all the yeah. the most the most intelligent people in the world. You still got the jock nerds and the nerd nerds. Like there's yeah. still a social hierarchy even amongst the thing and it's just human nature i guess that we we yeah. got to order ourselves we've got to group ourselves yeah it becomes like it's a it's a it's a very gradual thing that gets you there and it and and i and i understand how it happens i was in that stupid mind state like of, of like girl gamers are fake gamers like i had that period for a very short time then i was like oh yeah they're just finally in a position where they can be comfortable saying that they like geeky things whenever we weren't in a position where we could easily say that. And when we did, we got bullied. And now it's not like that anymore, so more people are open to saying it. It doesn't mean they're fake. <laughs> yeah, they just didn't want to get kicked out of the lunchroom, Brad. Exactly, like, yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. That's a really fascinating concept for uh, a Chiptunes album, man. I gotta tell yeah. you. I liked it, no, but I, but I like, again, it goes back to the same idea, like you're not putting yourself in the box, like you can say a broader message, and it can still be very relevant and appealing to the core audience of, the, of this, what is considered to be like a small niche, but at the same time, it, it doesn't have to be just for them, it can be a message for everybody as an artist. Yeah, I want other people to listen to it too, like I just, I want other people to be comfortable saying they like it, well, I mean, if we can, it's, it's good for everybody. The raising tide raises all boats. Or whatever. That's right. It is. It is. It is good for everybody. That's uh, that's my. That's going to be my endorsement. You could put that on the next album, uh, <laughs> Professor Shy Guy. It's good for everybody. Um, 
All right, man. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us this week. And but whenever the album is out, if it's uh, June or later, uh, we'll have you back on. And you and I will talk um, a little video games. We'll talk a little Gamergate, too. That's a, a topic oh, yeah. that I want to cover uh, in some. I want to have some girls on to talk about it as well. Yeah, uh, but it's stupid. It, it's, that's, yeah, kinda, whole, that's part of. The, yeah, this album is not. It's not. It's It came. That's part of it. It came how as you were working how through. That yes, is. Yeah. yes. Uh, and and for those that don't know, uh, we'll we'll get to that topic eventually. I promise in more depth. But uh, for today, I just want to say thank you again uh, to you, Brent Cooley, Professor Shy Guy, for uh, joining us yeah. this week on Me and the Geek. Thanks, man. Bye, bye, everybody. <laughs> A great conversation with uh, Professor Shy Guy, Brant Cooley, uh, this week's geek on meandthegeekpod.com. Hope you enjoyed that one. And uh, don't forget to check him out at PAX East or uh, on his uh, website so you can find any other uh, locations near you where he's going to be playing sometime soon. He's all over the country, folks. So uh, check him out. Definitely uh, look up his music. You can find that on, uh, as he said, iTunes and uh, Spotify, but also on his Bandcamp site directly uh, where you can purchase it straight from him. Some really cool stuff in his catalog as well. Next week here on Me and the Geek, we've got an awesome conversation coming uh, with uh, Macy Jones. She's a doctoral candidate at LSU in the School of Performing Arts in the theater department specifically, but she's also a Dungeons and Dragons geek. And we're going to be talking to her about role playing in general and D&D specifically. So watch out for that next Thursday. Between here and there, catch up with the archives. It's all happening at meandthegeekpod.com. Email us if you've got something to say about the show or you want to suggest a topic for the future, me and the geek at teamprocreate.com. Until next week, I'm Joel Sharpton. You can find me at The Rogue's Life on Twitter. This week's geek was Brant Cooley, Professor Shy Guy, and this has been the podcast. One, two, three, four, woo! Me and the Geek is a proud member of the ProCast Network, a ProCreate production. ProCreate is a community of artists in film, music, the digital arts, and fine arts that helps them connect and collaborate on projects. You can find out more at teamprocreate.com. Also, be sure to check out one of our other great shows, like Movie Buzzed. The Movie Buzzed podcast is exactly what it sounds like. It's a place for friends to get together, watch a good movie, and catch a good buzz. Every episode, your host, Zach, will be joined by a special guest or five to have some fun. Movie Buzzed is where you'll find your friends and a good buzz waiting for you. Oh, I found one of our new Vauxhall Griffin editions. Yes. What comes as standard? Standard? Well, alloy wheels, sat-nav, aircon, DAB radio, Bluetooth, smartphone projection and USB connection. Wow. Is that everything? Sorry, forgot the colour touchscreen. Buy a new Griffin edition, Adam, Astra, Corsa or Mocha X Plus and get a whole host of features as standard. The Griffin edition range. All Griffin, no bull. Visit your nearest retailer now. Vauxhall, British brand since 1903. Participating retailers only. Limited units while stocks last. This is not just bread. This is a delicious M&S sliced loaf. Just one of our range that has been sliced from £1.15 to 65p. Enriched with vitamin D and fibre, it's great for packed lunches. This is not just value. This is M&S value. Subject to availability, excludes franchise stores.